We're all reasonable MMA fans here, right? So with that in mind, I trust you won't mind if I rant about the ways our beloved sport irritates us. Don't get me wrong, MMA is the best, but man, does it have its quirks. I guess that's not surprising though, it is a relatively young sport, and perhaps many of these concerns will be ironed out in time. Maybe. There are, however, some issues that can't be fixed through maturation. Chaos is inherent to MMA's normal function, and that won't go away without taking essential pieces of the sport with it. So I guess when it comes to these inherent annoyances, we've got to suck it up and live with them. And before the video, just a quick reminder to like and subscribe. We recently noticed only a few of you are getting notifications, so make sure to click the bell and turn those on. I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and these are 10 annoying things you must accept to enjoy MMA. Number 10. Terrible officiating and questionable rules. <laughs> We've had lots of incidents with referees. You know. like, to be removed in the middle of a card. He was yeah, like we've removed guys in the middle of cards, too. MMA has many skilled officials, but some are straight up bad at their jobs. For referees, we have the usual suspects in Steve Mazagati and Mario Yamasaki, and they've stood out ever since Dana White made them famous. He declared that Mazagati shouldn't be allowed to watch MMA, let alone referee it. And after Yamasaki allowed Valentina Shevchenko's massacre of Priscilla Krasiwera, the Boston Martyr Commission's ban him from working future MMA events. Yamasaki didn't do himself any favors when attempting to justify his action either, explaining he was only giving Cachoeira a chance to be a warrior. Yeah. Cecil Peoples is another good bad example. He had a hilarious yet disturbing proclivity for diving onto fighters like a pro wrestler, but in his defense he was only moonlighting as a referee since his usual gig was judging. But unfortunately he sucked at that too, famously scoring Machida Shogun 1-2 the Dragon with the rationale that leg kicks don't win fights. And while the system can't fix incompetence, these officials aren't helped by MMA's so-called unified rules. Firstly, some commissions haven't adopted its latest version, which changed judging criteria, legalized some previously outlawed techniques, and redefined the definition of a grounded fighter. Yeah, nothing simple there, right? Moreover, some rules like the prohibition of 12 to 6 elbows just don't make sense. They're banned because commissioners saw dojo masters use them to allegedly break concrete blocks. Yet, if you adjust the angle ever so slightly, they're of course legal. It's silly, and I'm sure John Jones would agree. Number 9. Shady behind-the-scenes characters Part of MMA's charm is that it's built on a hodgepodge of diverse personalities. In its formative years in Japan, it primarily attracted shoot wrestlers, but when it was imported to the US, it cast a much wider net. Martial artists still flock, but it appeals to mavericks too, and with that came unscrupulous individuals like Joe Sun, a man who's currently serving life in prison for horrific crimes. It got suspect behind the scenes too, and Pride might have been the best example of that with the whole Yakuza thing. And sure, these are old school cases, but the truth is MMA hasn't totally cleaned up its act. Darren Till recently came under fire for his friendship with mob boss Daniel Kinahan, the head of the same cartel Con McGregor apparently brushed shoulders with in the past. McGregor also made headlines before his fight with Habib when he took aim at Ali Abdelaziz, one of MMA's most influential managers, and a man who has been labelled a necessary evil. The Irishman called him a terrorist snitch, a reference to his alleged history as an FBI informant which came about after he was reportedly jailed for forgery, among other things. And speaking of Habib, his ties with Chechen dictator Ramzan Kadyrov can't be dismissed. Reportedly responsible for a litany of human rights atrocities, Kadyrov is heavily involved in MMA. He even held a show featuring children fighting without headgear. Regardless, the dictator attended his first UFC event last September, appearing on the broadcast while celebrating with Islam Makachev. And like a dad playing hide-and-seek with their kid, we had to pretend that he wasn't there. Number 8. It's Star Driven 
When selling MMA to normies, one of Dana White's favorite piece of rhetoric is the fighting is in our DNA monologue. He talks about how before a ball was thrown for a hoop or hit with a stick, someone landed a punch. And everyone raced to watch it because we get it. We like it. Violence. Yay. And while that's incredibly persuasive, it doesn't change the fact that MMA isn't as intrinsically popular as he would lead you to believe. Unlike most team sports, it's star-driven, meaning MMA is only as popular as the sum of its stars. And there are significant drawbacks to that. Because it feeds off its box office draws, MMA becomes strangely dull when it's without them. And while it's difficult to describe a feeling, if you're a fan between 2012 and 2014, you kind of know what I mean. The dependence on stars also creates a promotional balancing act between fame and meritocracy. I mean, a 2-1 Brock Lesnar didn't get a UFC title shot because he was the most deserving contender. Moreover, it generates a system where young prospects are often swallowed whole. Even boxing allows inexperienced athletes time to mature. However, in MMA, fighters are usually pushed into the limelight once they gain any kind of notoriety, and that can often backfire. Just look at Sage Northcutt and many, many others, and sure, or perhaps he was never that good. But when fighting in the UFC-level competition at 19 years old with just five wins against fighters without Wikipedia pages, we'll probably never really know. Number seven, your favorite fighters don't compete that often. This entry, along with its predecessors, serves as a one-two punch for casuals, because when you mix a star-driven sport with the fact that fighters rarely compete, those fans who are generally only interested in their favorites aren't guaranteed a regular fix. But it's frustrating even for us hardcores who enjoy watching any old pugilist throw hammers, because when you look into it, our exposure to the sport's best can often be limited. Aside from the rare breeds, Donald Cerrone, Angela Hill, and especially the Travis Fulton, who has over 300 fucking bouts, fighters are lucky if they squeeze out three to four fights a year. Some even less than that like Cain Velasquez, for example. From the time he regained his heavyweight title in 2012 to his last fight in 2019, he competed only six times, including the title win. That's less than one fight a year on average, meaning Velasquez makes fewer appearances than Santa Claus. How about Dominic Cruz? He's been signed with the UFC for 10 years, yet he's only fought eight times. And unfortunately, this list goes on and on. And while there are countless reasons why fighters are inactive, a major one is... Number six, frequent injuries and cancellations. Yeah, you knew this one was coming. MMA has been riddled by injuries and cancelled fights since the dawn of the sport, but we don't need to look far to find the most heartbreaking example. Or should I say, examples. The Habib Namagamadov vs. Tony Ferguson saga may be a contemporary case, but it's not recency bias when I say it's been the worst. When it wasn't injuries, it was dud weight cuts and desserts, and when it wasn't freak accidents like a cable hospitalizing Ferguson, it was a public health crisis putting the world in lockdown. Yeah, it's been awful. But sadly, there are more. UFC 151 is a favorite, although favorite is definitely the wrong designation. Regardless, that was the show that was canceled after Dan Henderson suffered an injury and John Jones refused to fight Chael Sonnen on short notice. There was also that time when Josh Barnett's failed drug test tanked his fight with Fedor Emelianenko, Affliction's third event, and the entire company. And how about UFC 24, where we thought we were getting a title fight between champion Kevin Randleman and Pedro Hizzo, but then on the night, the promotion revealed it was off after Randleman slipped while warming up, cracked his head on the floor, and knocked himself out. Jesus wept. Number five, lack of regional transparency. If you're a fan of other sports, you'll know that part of the fun is to follow prospects on their rise to the big leagues. In the US, football and basketball collegiate programs air on mainstream networks and run a draft with the top leagues, meaning fans can track a player's entire career. Just watch The Last Dance on Netflix, a series about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, and you'll see what I mean. It is fascinating. But MMA doesn't really have anything like this, and that is a shame. It's not like the old days, though. The age of streaming has changed the sport like it changed the world, and with the advent of UFC Fight Pass, we can now watch the likes of Cage Warriors in Victor 
and LFA through one service. However, it's still a chore to spot and follow emerging talent. There's also very little structure in the sport, particularly if there's limited cohesion between the regionals and premier organizations. Cage Warriors might act as a de facto leader to the UFC, but imagine if winning their title actually guaranteed you a spot there. I think a lot more people would pay attention to the organization if that was the case. And perhaps even casual fans might learn a thing or two about MMA outside of the big leagues. Anyway, this leads me nicely on to my next point. Number four, virtually zero co-promotion. A long time ago, it was 2009, on an island far, far away called Curacao, Dana White and Lorenzo Fatita negotiated with Fedor Emelianenko, the consensus best heavyweight around. They wanted him to fight their champion Brock Lesnar, and to make it happen, they reportedly offered him $2 million per fight, plus pay-per-view points. But Vadim Finkelstein, the head of Fedor's team and the man Dana affectionately nicknamed The Dummy, demanded that the UFC co-promote with his league M1. White and co refused, and the deal fell apart. And while a co-promotion made little business sense, it was the fans who ultimately missed out. But luckily, it's not the biggest problem most of the time. Because the UFC is a monopsony, meaning they are by far the most dominant employer in the sport, matchups in demand usually happen. Still, like with the Fedor case, it doesn't always work out, and that's a damn shame. Regardless, even when the UFC can sign whoever they want, the sport can get stale under those stringent conditions. One of the most memorable things about the early to mid-2000s was Chuck Liddell entering into Pride Grand Prix as the UFC's representative. It felt like a big deal, but it was also that event which allegedly killed Dana White's desire to co-promote again after Pride failed to reciprocate with their talent despite reportedly agreeing to it. Nevertheless, now the UFC's stance has transformed MMA into a closed system. Despite some flashes that it could open up with a rare talent trade in 2018 and crossovers between smaller promotions like Bellator and Ryzen. Number three, relatively weak divisions. Don't get me wrong, you can find value while dumpster diving, but just because a weight class is trash relative to a gem like 155, that doesn't mean everyone else inside of it is too. Anyways, heavyweight might be the division most affected by biology because most humans aren't giants and fighting probably isn't their first choice for those who are, which is why we see so many ex-football players transition once their first love is no longer viable. See Brandon Sharp. As a result, heavyweight has been historically starved and while it's admittedly good at the top, it quickly falls off a cliff, but some fresh injections in recent years could hopefully change that. In the UFC, light heavyweight is even worse. While John Jones is arguably the GOAT, his recent performances weren't indicative of that and while the new champion Jan has been looking phenomenal, the list of contenders that aren't coming off of losses is rather short indeed. Men's flyweight also suffers from a biological disadvantage in that humans generally aren't that small, but it's been further weakened by the UFC's indecision about its future. Moreno has been given the division mouth-to-mouth, -mouth, however, and it looks to be on the up. But the bottom of the barrel is obviously women's featherweight, and it was botched from the jump, starting with a controversial title fight involving a pair of bantamweights who couldn't wait to get back to 135. And now we're left with Amanda Nunes on top, with a couple of seemingly outmatched contenders looking up. Number two, geographical limits. MMA has grown into a global sport, yet the UFC is still densely populated by a handful of nations. Based on recent data, approximately 52% of the fighters are American, 18% Brazilian, while Canadian, British, Russian, and Japanese fighters range between 2 to 6%, leaving the rest at 1% and below. And while that might not matter to you, especially if you're an American, it matters to fans from countries less served. They want that same feeling that the Irish had when their fighters kicked down their door in 2014, despite only two remaining. But there are reasons why this should matter to you, regardless of where you come from. Geographical limitations cause fighters to get stuck on their side of the world, which can suppress talent. Eastern European fighters are now finally getting their due in the UFC, but back in the day, it was really pride that elevated them, with the likes of Fedor Emelianenko, Igor Vachanshin, and Sergei Karatonov. And who knows, perhaps we wouldn't have seen them without the Japanese MMA boom. And honestly, that could be happening now. The UFC is clearly home to the best collection of elite fighters, but they don't have them all. And while some are scattered around North American organizations like Bellator, most undiscovered athletes from a casuals fan perspective are internationally based. 
list. And this creates the kinds of situations we saw with Timothy Nasiukin knocking out Eddie Alvarez and Cosmo Alexandra decimating Sage Northcutt. Fighters who are clearly capable, ostensibly coming out of nowhere to beat competitors of UFC caliber. And geography also impacts the sport in other ways. Like number one, late nights and isolation. Yep, this one will hit home for European fans, and honestly, I feel your pain. And as I said, MMA has become a global sport, but the money still resides in the US. And therefore, the UFC isn't in the business of adapting its programming for a European schedule, leaving us clinging to our coffee at 5am, praying the main event doesn't go five rounds. Being an MMA fan, regardless of where you live, can be an isolating experience, because chances are your family and friends do not watch. This means we must resort to MMA Twitter for a communal experience on fight night, and while that helps, man, it would be nice to enjoy the sport like football fans enjoy theirs, you know, alongside some other humans. But having said that, I'd probably take isolation over the alternative, watching fights with non-fans. I can just about deal with their hot takes about how Dustin got lucky against Connor, but having to painstakingly explain to the uninitiated why the guy on bottom doesn't just stand up and punch him in the face isn't how I want to spend my Saturday nights. No thank you. I'll take the solitude. And a big shout out to Lotten the Casual Veerkant for editing today's video, and you really should follow him at Lotten underscore Veerkant on Twitter. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thanks so much for watching today, guys. Remember to like and subscribe. I'll see you in the next one.